Hi, and welcome to Matt Holman Talks Mental Health, the podcast where I have the opportunity to catch up and chat with amazing humans. For this episode, I'm so happy to introduce Laura Holsworth to this conversation. Laura, pleasure to see you. Matt, it's a pleasure to see you too. It's been a long time and it's great to connect. It's been a very long time, absolutely. Um, so as always, I'll just do a very quick introduction. This is one of the episodes of the Podathon, the 24 hours, 24 recordings. This is episode 14 of this um, event, which is just incredible to think we're already well over halfway now. So, so Laura and I, we used to work together in the same organization many moons ago, actually. Um, didn't meet that many times, actually, but you know, we, we always sort of shared in common interests. We were in the same division of the company I guess um, and it was all around business travel as many of my connections are are from a business travel background. Um, Laura's based out in Singapore and um, and we've stayed in touch really and we've sort of chatted about different things mental health related over the years and and sort of I know you follow my work and and I've been following you and your new promotion within your job which is great so congratulations for that but I'll let you do your introduction so welcome Laura to the conversation of of mental health with me today. Thank you so much, Matt. Um, I'm just super excited to be here and I'm so impressed with you on hour 14 um, of this and you know, still 10 more to go. So awesome job on your side. Thank you. Uh, I've heard a couple of the others earlier on um, that you've been talking to and I think it was Odette that said, you know, I was so humbled to receive the invitation to be part of this amazing process that you're going through. But then thinking, you know, I, I said, yes, of course. And then started thinking, you know, wow, do I actually have anything to share? I, and, and then I've heard so many inspiring stories. And, mm. you know, and then I got to thinking, well, you know what, let's just talk anyway. And it's been, as you mentioned, I've been kind of following you and the thing, the works that you've been doing to support mental health have really inspired me. And I say that from the bottom of my heart that I have now kind of gotten involved in mental health charities and support work because of seeing what you were doing and it really kind of hit home to me, maybe an opportunity for me also to help because I feel like I'm in a very positive place in life. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are not. And so I was able to kind of get involved. So yeah, that's been, and I've been living here in Singapore for the last 16 years, um, my husband and I. So we are busy kind of working and supporting where we can in this, in this space. And I love the fact that the UK has made it time to talk day um, you know because it's been for so long not a topic that has been talked about and now it's high I think on most people's agenda um, which is fantastic and the more we can do this kind of thing the better. Brilliant and this, and this is a great way to connect conversations globally and this is what we try what yeah. I'm trying to do with this of course you know and, and the ones you've listened to are from different countries representing different cultures experiences so I will probably delve a bit into the cultural conversation as well within this because I think it's important for people to understand there is differences in, in the way yeah. mental health is seen um, overseas and in different territories so um, brilliant stuff thank you so much Laura for, for, for participating in this first and foremost so the question I always ask is the journey with mental health just Give us a sort of an insight from your world as to how you see, you know, your own and what you've experienced through your life and maybe some of those changes, if you can. Anything you want to talk about. That's, that's your story. Your time to tell the story now. Great. Thank you, Matt. And as I said, you know, when I think back, do I really have, um, you know, a story about my own mental health? And I got to thinking about so many different parts of my life that have impacted where I am today. I mean, I'm say I'm in a great place. Mm -hmm. emotionally physically and I just feel like I'm in a place where I can help and the first probably realization of and mental health is so many different areas and mm -hmm. I think that's also what I got to thinking about it's and I've seen different people be impacted by many different parts of it it's not 
you know, we go kind of to the darkest place, which is people who are suicidal, right? And yeah. that's kind of the darkest space for people to get to. But there's a lot of things that lead up to that. And there's a lot of different things that impact people. So whether it's anxiety, whether it's loneliness, whether it is fear. And I just feel like it's such a broad topic that there are so many different yeah. things impacting different people at different times. And if I think back to, you know, when I was very young, well, I was a late teenager when unfortunately my mum suffered a very severe stroke. Uh, she yeah. was only 46 at the time. Yeah. I'm now rapidly approaching that age and mm. you know, it's starting to resonate with me what she went through. And so she had a severe stroke, I'd say at 46 and never walked or talked again um, at the age of 46, but mentally she had everything still there. Yeah. So now suddenly mentally there, physically trapped in a body that can't do anything um, and gone from now, working full time, being a very active, fit, physically fit person to this trapped body. And, you know, at the time I was I said, 17 when it happened. So over the next course of a few years while she lived like this, it was desperate for her. And I wasn't able to kind of deal with it or to know how to cope with her emotional state. And at that time, we we're talking about the late 90s there wasn't this support either um, yeah. for it. There was hospitals and she spent eight months in the hospital and she had a lot of friends and there was carers and kind of the physical aspect was taken care of, but the emotional aspect was never addressed. So um, you know, I came home one day, man, by now I'm in my early twenties and she had, we'd moved her from a, a manual wheelchair to a electric one. So she had a little bit of freedom. She couldn't yeah. do a lot, but with her right hand, she had taken herself to the kitchen and drank bleach. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so I got home to find her. She's, she's trying to, to end her life, right? Because sure. you know, she's just so trapped. And we took her to the hospital and we meant, we fixed the physical part again, but not the mental part. So it was just, there was no addressing of how do we deal with what she's going through mentally. And I just feel like that was a period in time that it wasn't so well talked about. Now in the hospital, yeah, they pumped her stomach and sent her home. Yep. And everybody was like, don't do that. You can't do that. You know, and I said to her, you can't do that. You know, and then, but not really taking into account what she's feeling. So it's really kind of that um, that has made me realize now as I, like I'm approaching that same age yep. um, that she went through and that I'm in a place where I feel like I can potentially help. And so I've kind of got involved. Mm. Um, but that was probably the first big thing for me of realizing when it's not addressed or not supported or not yeah helped that it has a major impact um and i think now i hope now even in hospitals as people go into these situations and i heard anita talking about um her experience with cancer you know yeah. there is now i think much more of a acknowledgement that there's a mental component to diseases and it's not just physical parts that we need to fix yeah. so that was kind of my my first brush with it if you like it's a big one as well, right? It is a big one because obviously it's somebody that you're very close to and it's somebody, and like you say, you know, you're approaching that age. I'm approaching 46 as well. And it, it sort of puts perspective into the conversation, doesn't it? Around, yeah. sort of, you know, you, you, you do think and then you do start to have some, you know, little things might start to happen and then you start to worry and the anxiety can form itself around those things as well. Yeah, exactly. I think I think one of the challenges that I've seen definitely from the mental health perspective is if you've got a mental illness and you go into a physical hospital, they don't know what to do with you. 
And that's one yeah. of the challenges. So, you know, it's almost the, the converse of what you've said is physical illness with a mental impact. They'll deal with the physical. And that's such a critical point at the moment with mental health problems, because they don't really know what to do with you. If you've got yeah. a mental illness, are you physically compromised? Well, maybe if you've hurt yourself, self-harm or, or attempted to, to do something a little bit more extreme, but very difficult to sort of access services and supports around those. Yeah. Did they did they ever give anything for your mum after that? Was there ever? That was it. They just no, sort of sent her home, it. said, don't drink bleach. It's a bad idea. And yeah. And wow. then we did probably the worst thing ever, took her out of the electric chair and put her back in the manual one. So she couldn't do it. You know, and I'll look back at that and how sort of punishing awful that is. Yeah. 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 Um, but at the time, didn't know what else to do. No. You know, no. and just so, yeah, it's um, but you're right. I mean, even the mental health hospitals and we know that you know they're there in these great supports but there's also a, a stigma around them for the people that are feeling because when you think about it, we talked about it before but whether it's fear or anxiety or mm. you know whatever it is that causes it you're not necessarily thinking you know i've got a mental health problem you're just thinking i'm anxious or i'm fearful yeah. or i'm lonely um, and the stigma then to think i've got to go to a place where people associate with extremes um, you know, I, in the work that I do here with the mental health support, there's a big fear about going to that hospital. Right. And sometimes we recommend it and there's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to have the stigma attached to me. If I go, they'll maybe, um, they'll keep me there. And it's, it's very, very tough, um, for yeah. people and yeah, you know, getting of, the right level of support. Um, and in terms of sort of the local cultural elements, and let's touch on that now, because I think it is a really useful conversation to understand. And what is out there for help where you are? Is there is there much is there much advertised or publicised anywhere, or is it still very much sort of kept under the radar a bit? Uh, I think it's better. There's a and maybe that's the case everywhere, but it's definitely improving. There are a lot of different um, support organisations. Um, they are advertised quite heavily. You know that irony, and I don't even know if it's an appropriate thing to talk about. But it used to be illegal to commit suicide in Singapore. Right. So yeah. there is up until only beginning of last year, like January 2020, they actually removed that. So you imagine the fear of you want to end your life. But if you don't succeed, yep. you've now got to face criminal charges. So imagine the pressure on somebody that has that. So luckily that mm. was removed. Um, and because you know, as we know, some people will get to that extreme and sometimes it's more a cry for help. They don't want mm. to end their life. They would need people to realize where they're at. Mm. Um, and to have that then criminalized, it was just you know, a very, very sad situation for me at least to feel. Um, and so I'm mean, pleased to see that gone and that people can now acknowledge that they feel this way um, yeah. when it gets to that level of you know, that desperation. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, when we're talking about mental health, it doesn't always have to go that far, right? But, no. but, it, but it does get that way for some people if they can't get the level of support. So I'm super impressed now that it is much better here. Mm. Um, I mean, even the, the local Samaritans now have um, text messaging service because okay. trying to reach to the younger population who are not used to mm. speaking that much, right? They feel more comfortable texting. So, you know, I've seen that service is available. Uh, email services are available. People are getting the support where and how they like to interact, right? which is also, yeah. Um, 
sounds like there's progress sounds yeah like it's progressing in the right way and the fact that it's they've 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 taken away this sort of criminality element of you know suicide and, yeah. and one, one of the biggest challenges is is often and I was just talking to a guy earlier today in one of the podcasts um, a young guy called Liam and and he was talking about he wanted to uh die or he didn't want to be alive but he didn't want to end his life so he, he wasn't suicidal mm. he's and he, and he said this in one of his videos and I found it quite fascinating he talked about not wanting to end his own life but he didn't want to be alive and and that is the the, the reality that a lot of people get to is the pain becomes so great and so intense that the only option I've got is not to be alive and mm. and but I don't want to die and it's that you know it's that tragedy of there are a lot of people I think who go down that path of you know taking those choices i guess and yeah because they don't feel there's alternatives so it's yeah it's a toughie it yeah it is um and i mean here even singapore is very small but there is still even when i say that you know things are improving to support people there is still i think the stats are something like at least one a day um right. suicide and that's a small country yeah um and it's and i don't know if this aligns to other places but it's a lot of males um between i think it's like 40 and 50 or 35 okay. and 50 when i think the pressure of maybe financial comes yeah. on yeah. I, I don't know the whole reason but and then young people it's increased significantly um and you know we look at all the different reasons why that yeah. can be and that kind of leads a little bit to my second experience where actually my uh, stepsister went through huge anxiety um, and it was something she couldn't really talk about, but it became debilitating for her. Um, and uh, she was very young. I, I, I don't want to share too much of her story, but no, sure. uh, she, uh, yeah, she was completely debilitated by it and has found ways to come out of it now and has found a career that would been so far from her imagination back then. Um, so I'm just super proud of the way she's managed to come out of it. And, you know, I know she now supports and helps other people and has a different approach to you know, managing these things, but it crept up on her. You know, it came from, she was regular teenager going out, doing a lot of things. And then over kind of a period of time became to the point where she couldn't leave the house right. and it was anxiety driven. Um, yep. but yeah, hundred percent debilitating for a while. So it's, yeah, at least. Uh, it's kind of scary um, for people. Yeah. And like we're talking about what it is that drives it. And I think social media, I don't, that wasn't the case in this case, but social media makes people very lonely or the aspirations very high um, yeah. or even the shaming. Like I, oh, it pains me so much. And I'm sure it's the same for you when you see people being shamed through yeah. social media, just that people then, how do they live with it? Um, and so quite often they don't see a way out. Yeah, well, absolutely. Like cyberbullying and all those yeah. elements is such a critical uh, part of social media, unfortunately, that needs a lot more support and um, mm. a lot more sort of channeling in terms of the sort of the restrictions that people are placed under and things like that with with the way that they can troll people. And it's horrible. It really is. And it just creates this this whole challenge. I, sort of going back to some of those statistics that you were saying around sort of males and they're very similar for the UK, three times more men than women. Um, end their life through suicide and you know the numbers are similar when it comes to the age ranges as well and it's you know it's 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 a global issue it really is it's mm. a global issue Eight hundred thousand people a year end their life through suicide and you know that's that's just eight hundred thousand too many really isn't it yeah absolutely reality um and thank you for sharing that about your stepsister as well and her you know her challenges with anxiety because 
we do have a lot of people around us and we don't often realize or we don't often think about it and you know some of the some of the quirkiness that others have mentioned in their sort of you know i think karen in um in canada was talking about you know back in the back in the the days when she was younger her mum was talking about you know women were going through the change and how they were being taken off to special places and it's fascinating to sort of consider that these were these are things that yeah. have happened you know only two generations away from us and, absolutely and, and, and in many societies probably still happening oh undoubtedly yeah back to the kind of the cultural piece it's um it is isn't it yeah it is it, you know this is this is such a critical point in the conversation of everything around mental health needs to be discussed and we need to feel okay with those conversations i think and yeah yeah so 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 let me delve a little bit deeper then with with you laura if that's okay to ask you how have you been in the last year how's things been for you really um it's been an interesting time um if you look at the you know, the environment that we're now living in that you know i've been talking a lot about work at work about this over the last month because we you know, i'm in a sales environment and i'm very fortunate to work for a very large organization that acknowledges mental health as a very yeah. big issue and globally right? um, we've got over 100,000 employees and it is a big topic so there's a lot of care and attention especially in this environment to making sure that people are taking care of themselves yeah. um but yeah for so i've been talking a lot about you know that it's we've got to keep going and you know it, times have been tough but you know we've got to keep the business going and everyone's you know, kind of moving us forward but the reality is it's been i think hard for a lot of people um i feel incredibly fortunate um for my situation so we stopped traveling and the reality is that's kind of the worst it's been right and that you know that is bad when we were traveling 70 80 percent of the time um right. but with that has come the ability for my husband and i to spend 100 percent of our time together right. which we'd never done you know i mean it's always been a common joke between our friends that we were permanently on honeymoon because this small amount of time we ever spent together was always like a honeymoon right but um, to spend 100 percent of time together has been amazing for us both and we are just super fortunate to have had that opportunity for the reasons it came is not yeah. the reason we would have liked but it gave us also kind of an opportunity to pause and take stock of what's really important mm -hmm. um, and we're fortunate to be in Singapore you know it's we went through a period of lockdown for six weeks yep. last April and we've been much freer ever since so I know that here we're in a very fortunate position which is not the case everywhere else yeah um, but with that has brought about financial struggles for people in the in the market so then people are less worried I think about catching COVID now um, yeah. I think people still are but less worried about that and more worried about the, the maybe economic impact or when does it come back um, so for me personally it has been um, an interesting 12 months and we Todd my husband and I also talk about it that it's it's one of those things that kind of came in it while it came in very quickly the fact that recovery is not happening as quickly has happened slowly. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. When we went into lockdown first, like, oh, it will be done by June and back yeah. to BAU and we you know, yep. we'll see everybody on the other side, right? Yeah. Um, and then well, obviously that didn't happen. And so the, the fact that recovery keeps getting further and further away mm. has meant that we've kind of eased into that part of it um, without really realizing you know, it's been coming up on a year it first hit Singapore yeah. in January so you know, it's coming on a year and you know we're probably another 
least a year away. I mean, I'm definitely not an expert on it. <laughs> no. I would like to be, but well, I don't think the experts are experts on it either. So uh, that's from our experience here in England, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Very follow true. the so, data. What is it? The science or something? Yeah. Follow yeah. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. Something needs to be there. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I think that um, you know, my journey of the last 12 months has been I just feel very, very fortunate. And yeah. if I have the opportunity to help other people that are not um, right now, then that's what I want to do. Um, yeah. And so, you know, whether it's charity work, whether it's even donations, I just know that people are are struggling. Um, and even uh, my husband's family have all been impacted by COVID. They've all had it. Um, okay. Parents, brothers, everybody has, has had yeah. it. And these parents have lost a lot of friends to yeah. it. Um, unfortunately, they're of the age where it's you know, has been very impactful. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of felt it from a, a distance but yeah but it does impact as well right you do feel definitely that and, and the ripple of that is you know i think that's one of the things that's going to come with covid is the ripple impact is almost like and i hate to compare it but it's almost like losing somebody through a you know a suicide because you know it was sudden for many people and it was unexpected yeah. and nobody saw it coming and and you know and lots of people have been impacted by that and the ripple of that within communities within people's you know nobody's really had if I know, know from here, you know, the opportunity to really grieve for those loved ones and yeah, after, exactly. often didn't even see them, you know, and, and I think that's something that's going to come out at some point, you know, yeah, there's going to be, a, the, the, you know, the following of the pandemic will be another challenge mentally for lots of people. Um, so yeah. I just, I just want to touch on your charitable piece a little bit as well, just at the end, because we're almost at the end. And I just, if in a few words, if you were to, if somebody was to say to you, I'd love to Go and join a charity to support conversations or whatever it is what would you say what would you tell do them? it do, do it. it do it do it definitely do it um it's if you have the ability to give back do it um yeah. and you know everyone does it for their own reasons whatever the charity is and i can tell you i spent quite a long time looking for an organization to support and i i I was looking around in Singapore and I didn't find anything that resonated with me. And I wanted to do something that yeah. I would stick with, I mean, not just do for the sake of doing, but something that actually, if, if I resonated with me, it would be something that I would continue to do and not, you know, you, you can go and do one day here and one day here, but I wanted to do something more meaningful. And it was, like I say, when I saw the work you were doing that I was like, okay, this one, I think I can get involved with and I can support and help. And it's been, a journey for me um everything about it from kind of where we started to where i am now and i'm still in the infancy of my journey with it yeah. um and i want to continue to do it and i just yeah it's it's humbling for me it's um it also makes me kind of yeah reevaluate how appreciative i am for my one of my current situation and if i can if, so i'd highly recommend if anybody can and has the ability to give back in any way to do it um, and if yeah. this topic resonates with you then there are many 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 ways um, that you can support and help brilliant there are and i agree do it do it do it there you yeah. go <laughs> wise words <laughs> yeah just do it somebody coined that phrase sometime exactly ago, <laughs> i reckon yeah just do it yeah um no that's brilliant honestly laura it's been an absolute pleasure i really have enjoyed catching up with you we are at the end now unfortunately um because the next episode is going to be taking place very soon um <laughs> but it's just been amazing i really do genuinely just send you all the very best with everything that's going you know in singapore for you and your your volunteering career your new role and your 
promotion and and just wish you all the very best of luck really with everything um thank you so much matt and again thank you so much for inviting me to this um i thought you know 25 minutes would take a long time but it's flown by i've really enjoyed our conversation it's disappeared and, before us yeah and best of luck for the next 10 hours oh. and keep up the great work it is time thank to you. talk and it's uh it certainly is. And, and and just to finish on that, really, just to say if anybody is struggling, if you do need any extra support or help, there are organisations, of course, that exist today to do exactly that, to listen to your challenges, your worries, your concerns. Of course, I always talk about Samaritans in the UK. There are organisations all over the world that are there to listen and to, to, you know, to take your call. So please know you are not alone. You are really not alone. There is always somebody who will listen. In the UK, the number is 116123. Um, do reach out if you need somebody to talk to, please soon laura yeah. we're done thank you That's thank it. you matt so much lovely to see you see you soon you too bye